Raising songs and stories Heroes of renown The passing tales and glories That once was Dublin town The hallowed halls and houses The haunting children's rhymes That once was part of Dublin In the rare old times Ring a ring a rosy As the light declines I'll remember Dublin City In the rare old times I mean name it is Sean Dempsey As Dublin as can be Born hard and late In Pimlico In a house that ceased to be By trade I was a cooper Lost out to redundancy Like my house that fell to progress My trade's a memory and I courted Peggy Dignan As pretty as you please A rogan child of Mary From the rebel liberties I lost her to a student chap With skin as black as coal When he took her off to Birmingham He took away my soul Ring a ring a rosy As the light climbs I remember Dublin City in the rare old times The years have made me bitter The gargle dims me brain Cause Dublin keeps on changing And nothing seems the same The pillar and the met have gone The royal long since pulled down As the great and yield and concrete Makes a city of my town Fare thee well, sweet Anna Liffey I can no longer stay And watch the new glass cages Spring up along the quay My mind's too full of memories Too old to hear new chimes I'm part of what was Dublin in the rare old times. Ring a ring a rosy as the light declines. I'll remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Ring a ring.
lines I remember Dublin City In the rare old times I remember Dublin City In the rare old times Well, welcome back to our next edition of Hello World with Mike Cara, as always, proudly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my next guest is Cone Keegan, a multi-award winning Irish singer. Cone Keegan is best known as one of the principal singers with PBS sensation show Celtic Thunder. And uh, he is a born, a Dubliner born and bred. And Cone may still only be in his 20s, but has already achieved an extensive career to date. And Cone, it's a pleasure and honor you could join me today and tell us, you know, all about your music and all of those things we mentioned. First of all, why don't you tell our audience? a little bit about your background and where your love and passion for music comes from. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. And and to start off with Mike, thanks very much for having me on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be a guest. Um, I suppose my my upbringing in music is very similar to a lot of people in Ireland, um, which is that the second you're learning how to speak, you're thrown into some sort of uh, musical environment to sing or to, to learn an instrument. Um, you know, music is, is synonymous with Irish culture and every family really is, is um, you know, involved in music some way. But for us, I'm number four um, of the, the family, second youngest, four of five boys in the house. Um, so when I was a, the kind of quite young, my older brothers sang in a cathedral choir in Dublin city centre, the, the Palestrina choir, they were called. And um, I just followed really the, the family footsteps of the second I learned how to sing. I went into the probation group with the cathedral choir that sang with them for, you know, the, the, until my voice broke. Um, so growing up, music was just part and parcel of what we did as a family. If I'm totally honest, it probably wasn't really until my teenage years, really, that I started to love it. You know, the the, the sort of the seeds were already uh, sown at that point. And it was when I was coming back to music after the voice broke and I started taking out the guitar and, uh, you know, we were brought up playing the piano as well. Um, and when I started trying to pick out songs on the radio and started trying to pick out songs that... that um, that I enjoyed really was when I started enjoying music and I started going in and performing from the classmates and getting involved in, in a few different productions. Um, and yeah, I suppose that's when, when music was not just something that I did, but something that I love to do. Oh, okay. So as we mentioned, uh, Comb, about, you know, being in this uh, Celtic Thunder, and first of all, you know, my mom and myself, we love watching that on uh, PBS. And I mean, are you in some of those specials we watch? Are you like on the active roster or reserve roster with, with them or... I certainly am. Yeah. Well, I mean, in recent years, I've taken more of a backseat role um, due to the fact that my wife, Laura, who was also in the show, she was the cellist in the show for a number of years. And uh, the two of us have uh, have two young children now. Uh, so we've got a four year old and a, and a two year old. So since we became parents, um, it uh, the, the long tours 
kind of came to a bit of a standstill really but yeah we've been really lucky to to be involved in in Celtic Thunder and an amazing show and and some of our closest friends are still uh those who are part of Celtic Thunder so in regarding the specials um I think my first one that I got involved with was the mythology show so that was the first dvd i recorded when i joined the show we were still touring the previous dvd um voyage and then i recorded the mythology special with celtic thunder i think it was 2012 uh, some of the listeners probably have a better memory than i do uh, and then a few years later there was a legacy dvd that was shot as well that um was the last dvd that i was a part of um but yeah in between them we had the christmas symphony album as well which i know still does well each christmas and um an amazing few years really amazing few years i joined celtic woman beforehand so i suppose what some of the listeners might or might not be aware of is that i finished university and i was on a singing scholarship in university college dublin and uh, i was there for three years was about to finish my undergraduate degree with not really too much of an idea of what I was doing afterwards. I'd already signed up to do a master's in early music, which I know isn't really rock and roll, but uh, that was the plan. I was going to be doing a master's starting that coming August. And I went into my final exam and Celtic Woman, with whom I'd, I'd been asked to, to make a DVD as part of their choir at that point, uh, phoned and said one of their touring members was dropping out, but I'd be interested in joining them for a year. So it seemed like an amazing opportunity to do a bit of traveling, to join one of Ireland's biggest production shows. Um, so I took out a gap year, really. I was going to travel the world with Celtic Woman and then come back and do the Masters. And then at the end of that gap year, um, the brother show of Celtic Woman, Celtic Thunder, came knocking on the door and asked if I was interested in joining as a principal singer. So what be- started off as a gap year um, and an amazing opportunity with Celtic Woman became an entire career shift with with uh, the way everything worked out. So uh, very lucky. I mean, I've I've never really just the way everything's worked out, spent too much time kind of twiddling my thumbs, wondering what the next plan was because things seemed to to happen naturally very quickly for me. So I'm incredibly lucky that way. Oh, okay. And you mentioned, Combe, that you actually were performing with Celtic Thunder, you know, with, with your wife. I mean, how was that experience with the two of you kind of touring together then? That was great. I mean, you know, talk about living the dream when not only... Do you get to travel the world and do something you love to do, but you get to do that with with your your wife, you know, right beside you? Um, because I know it's a very diff, difficult world to try and have any sort of stability in. You know, it's it's always extremely difficult for for people whenever they've got their husband or wives back home and you're going away on on tour for five or six months. It's a long time of the year and, and sometimes social media can be a little bit of a hindrance that way as well where, you know, when the person back home is is dropping the kids to school, picking them up and, and you know, kind of in the real world, so to speak, and then they go on Facebook and see pictures of nights out or everyone on the beach and everything always looks amazing on social media. So, you know, so it's very difficult, but I was extremely lucky, as I said, to not be in that that difficult position of being away from your loved one but actually being able to to travel alongside them so uh yeah so an amazing opportunity and one thing we see uh comb in uh these these specials these celtic thunder specials there's not only a lot of dan- uh, singing but a lot of dancing choreography i mean is that something you had to get used to is doing some of those 
those other things or were you already kind of a dancer sort of (laughs) no i certainly wasn't no i mean maybe after a few pints of guinness i thought i was uh, i was a good dancer but um i'd never as had the the rest of the guys never had any dancing uh, experience whatsoever so sometimes when people see me singing the solo number that i i pretty get asked and requested most frequently which is the song katie uh, that i recorded in the mythology show um you know, there's a reason that I'm sitting at the piano for that one, and it's probably not just to do with the piano skills, but I think it was any opportunity to take me off uh, off the um, the stage and, and choreography scene, I think they, they jumped at. So, uh, you know, so the, I, I would like to think, looking back at my time, Mike, uh, without being overly competitive about it, but I think, I would like to think I wasn't the worst dancer on stage, but I, I certainly wasn't the best, let's put it that way. <laughs> Right, right. So, I mean, for you in Celtic Thunder, was there, uh, you know, a lot of rehearsals? Were there a lot of practices? Or, I mean, did you just do the one show? Or did sometimes you do like a, almost like a dress rehearsal show? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there was, I mean, a show, a big production show was really, it's quite unusual, you know. It, certainly for me, it was very unusual because I was used to singing, as I said, in a cathedral setting where you would have a huge volume of music that you'd have to get through every single week you know you'd be singing at a mass which had in itself six or seven parts to it and then you'd motets and all these things that you were every week you were turning out a huge amount of music uh which is great in terms of you know learning how to sigh read and and you know learning various music uh pieces but you know when you go to a production and you're on tour for five or six months, there's a huge amount of work that goes into the opening night. You know, you've got the rehearsals, you're like, well, I suppose that the process starts in trying to decide the set list for that show and you have meetings with the musical director, with the producer of the show. You start narrowing down hundreds of songs into just a handful of, of songs that they feel is appropriate for your character, your voice. Um, and then you you record that. So you go into the studio record an album um you know then you work extremely hard trying to put together the opening night so it's all kind of new up until opening night and then if that goes well which thankfully it always seemed to um it's just a case of just repeating that then for five or six months so that in itself is quite unusual i think it's a very different experience when you're when you're kind of on loop the whole night and you have to try and find your energy sources really from from other means because when you become so used to the show and you become so um it gets to the point where you could almost do it in your sleep because you've done it so many times you then have to really try and find a way to to, to keep the performances fresh for the audience that in front of you haven't seen it before so uh, we were really really lucky and fortunate to, to have a musical director such as David Monroe with us on tour uh, and our assistant musical director Seamus Brett as well who both of whom really understood I think that that difficulty in trying to perform the same thing over and over so they would always give you targets to try and work towards in a song and um and so in your head you're always aiming towards something different in each performance which might seem mundane not that important um but it really does keep things fresh for a performer and 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 subsequently then keeps the performance fresh for an audience that as i said might never have heard this or seen it before 
Okay. And as I mentioned earlier, Tom, about this Celtic Thunder, that it is on PBS during their pledge drive. And as you know how pledge drives work, they put the very best stuff, you know, the very very high quality programs that they feel that will attract people. So that must be a, a good feeling that uh, Celtic Thunder, you know, is is so revered that it, it's, it's put during these times to show the very best that PBS has to offer, huh? Of course. I mean, it's a really nice relationship that Celtic Thunder and PBS have. And uh, putting it simply, without PBS, Celtic Thunder would not enjoy the success that it's been so lucky to have over the last few years. So uh, PBS is is an amazing organisation. There's nothing really like it back home in Ireland. Whenever I'm trying to, to explain the idea of PBS to people in Ireland or here in Scotland, you know, there's no real station that is so dedicated to... Uh, you know, it being a public broadcasting channel and, and you know, advertising things, promoting things, um, you know, kind of combining education and entertainment as well a lot of the time. So it's an amazing organization, PBS. And as you pointed out, I mean, with Castle Thunder have just been so lucky to have that relationship that works really, really well. So even when we're not on tour, you know, we'll still throughout the year be involved in promotional tours, uh, which will be coast to coast you know a lot of the time we start off with seattle make our way slowly across the country and finish up in new york and or vice versa um of just going around pbs stations radio stations as well and and just promoting whatever the new dvd or cd and album is and uh, and tour is and um you know those promotional tours are you could certainly write a book of some of the things that happened throughout the a lot of the way um but it's uh, you know, amazing memories. Really is. It's a very special place, Celtic Thunder. Column, that sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break and we will be back for our next segment of this edition of our program today. My guest today is Column Keegan, who is a great Irish singer, songwriter, performer, uh, musician. He also has a great uh, podcast. Uh, he does Celtic radio. And he is also actually best known as one of the principal singers of uh, PBS's sensation show, Celtic Thunder. I know around St. Patrick's Day, PBS likes to have their big pledge drive and they show Celtic Thunder and me and my mom always get together and we enjoy that and we understand that uh, Column has been in uh, several of those specials and my mom recognized him right away and she said, oh, I know that guy and that made me feel really good. So again, my uh, guest is Column Keegan, actually born and bred in Dublin. That's that's right, but uh, actually currently he is in uh, Glasgow, Scotland with his wife and children. You are listening to Hello World with Mike Cara, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. In the afternoon, a busy night ahead of you And everyone is telling you what to do You put your head deep in the sand You tell yourself it'll all be grand No one's gonna tell you what to do Everyone's thoughts and everyone's words is driving you crazy But the worst part is you don't know what to do 
figuring out his hardest part It's all gotta be state of the art There's no one gonna take charge of you You gotta stand tall And you look it in the eye And you know damn well It will all be alright And you know it's time To let those feelings go and face What is a beautiful day to our next segment of this edition of Hello World with Mike Kara, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guest today from Glasgow, Scotland, actually um, for originally born and bred in um, wonderful uh, Dublin, Ireland. We have a great Irish singer, songwriter, musician, performer, uh, podcaster. He's best known for being in those uh, uh, Celtic Thunder specials and uh, as one of the principal main uh, uh, you know, uh, performers there. He is the one and only Colm Keegan. And uh, Colm, it is such a pleasure and honor that you could uh, be here today. We really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, 
it's great to, to have you here. Okay, uh, Combs. So I want to talk now about these nice songs that our audience has, uh, you know, been listening to that you sent here. You can tell us a little bit about them. So the first song is Rural Times. Is that it? Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, when choosing songs that mean a lot to you, this one would certainly be that. It's uh, Rural Times is... is um talking about my hometown of Dublin and it's always been one of these songs that I've I've loved from a young age um and subsequently I've had the pleasure of them performing it a few times in this version of it uh, it's just myself and Seamus Brett as I mentioned earlier assistant musical director in Celtic Thunder who's on the piano and um it just talks about a man who loved his town of Dublin uh, very neighbourhood friendly everyone knew each other um, and you know then Dublin over time became this big European capital city and a lot of the older generation had to unfortunately emigrate to try and continue the work that they were doing and this is now an older man looking back at his time in Dublin and wishing that he could just play Ring a Ring a Rosie with his friends in the streets and it's a beautiful song beautiful sentiment it's one of these ones that if you're at a sing song in somebody's house in Ireland somebody in the family will sing this as their party piece and uh, uh, you know so when you're halfway across the world performing songs this is one that definitely sort of brings back a lot of memories keeps a lot of people and the family alive when I when I sing it so it's always one that's quite poignant for me and uh, and special so it seemed like an appropriate choice to choose Okay, and another song we have here is Beautiful Day. Can you tell us about this one? Sure, yeah, that's the very first single that I released from my album I'll Never Be Alone, which thankfully because of the, the amazing support of the Celtic Thunder fan base, um, they got the album I'll Never Be Alone to number one of the world iTunes and, and Billboard charts and Amazon charts as well. So uh, when you're a musician and, and you're kind of getting used to, to doing a lot of covers, um it's quite a, a daunting prospect to start writing your own music and putting it out there into the, the atmosphere and seeing if people enjoy it. And, uh, you know, so for an album to have that much success was really, really overwhelming for me. Um, and the first single from that album that we had was Beautiful Day. And I was, you know, as I mentioned, that I was on tour with my wife, Laura, with Celtic Thunder. But we we kind of formed a duo when we were off tour with Celtic Thunder and we started performing across the States as a duo as well. And... Um, this was, again, before our first tour, I believe, we, we wrote this song, uh, you know, so it was performed the first song of our very first solo show together, uh, which is why we released it as our first single as well afterwards. So Beautiful Day is, again, a very special uh, and um, important song for the two of us. Okay. And another song we have here, and I think you mentioned it before, Katie, can you tell us about this one? Well, again, as I mentioned earlier, it was it's a song that probably was the most is the most requested song that I would have, um, and it's a beautiful song that was written by a well known Irish singer songwriter called Jimmy McCarthy, and he was sorry, still is. I should be talking about him in the past tense. He's an amazing songwriter, and uh, the voice of Jimmy McCarthy for a lot of the the eighties and nineties was. Um, the incomparable Mary Black, uh, who made a lot of his songs, uh, massive hits in the charts back in Ireland. So this was next. Uh, the, Katie was was one of those songs. It was just one of those songs that everyone was, um, you know, kind of brought up listening to. And uh, it reminds me of driving around 
in my mom's car um, midweek, whether it was to tennis or football or or uh, Gaelic and hurling and you know whatever it was we were going to it was always this Merry Black uh, tape that we were listening to and Katie was on that and then when I joined Celtic Thunder I was looking for different songs to, to sing as a solo number and uh, Dave Monroe the musical director said you know what about this this song Katie and I hadn't heard it in years at that point but I was delighted he suggested it so um, yeah it's nice to have these sort of personal relationships with the songs from early years then that you get to in later years try and be the one to bring it to an audience that hasn't heard it and you know what an honor to be able to do that okay so yeah those are some great songs and now i want to ask you a question poem that i had you know asked another fellow irishman about music and basically you know if you want to be a irish you know band or an irish singer in the united states of america there's basically three songs you need to, to know, and that is Oh Danny Boy, Wild Rover, and Whiskey in the Jar. You mm. know, so I mean, my question is, are those popular songs in Ireland? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would know anyone that wouldn't know the words, all of the words to all of those songs. You know, that's... um they're sort of they're synonymous with uh, with Irish culture, and, and uh, yeah, whenever you're you're stuck for a number on a night out if you're doing a, a set or if you're singing at a sing song well then you can't go too far wrong with any of those three really so uh yeah of course i mean you know a lot of the time you when you're putting together a set is you try and stay away from the more obvious choices but uh i mean they're obvious choices for reasons because they're they're great songs and everyone knows them Okay, and another question, you know, like, and, and this applies both to Scotland and Ireland, that, that yep. you know, you've been in both. We see in movies and TV shows that, you know, everyone at the pub just breaks out in song. I mean, is that something that uh, that really does happen? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think, I know a few of the Scottish listeners, if, if they're tuning in, um, might not like what I'm about to say, but a lot of the time... A lot of my family and friends over here in Scotland would look at the Irish culture and sort of long for this the tradition of a sing song, which seems to have died out a little bit in Glasgow or sorry, in Scotland. And, and you know, certainly here in Glasgow, that's not to say you won't find it. You certainly will. And, and depending on the family, you know, I've been at a number of different sing songs here in Scotland, but it is literally every family in Ireland. That's the, I think the difference, any family get together, um, will end up, it's just kind of a natural stage of the night where you'll meet up, you'll have a, a meal or a few drinks. And, and then somebody will take out a guitar. Somebody will sit at the piano and, and the conversation just merges into a sing song. And even if you don't have a note in your head, you still have a party piece that, that you'll sing at the sing song. So, uh, it's yeah it's one of my favorite parts of the irish culture without a doubt and it makes it extra special then when you get to be for your job get to travel the world which is an amazing thing to begin with um but to perform songs that so many people back home will know and 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 you're kind of keeping that flame lit um as part of your career is you know what a what an opportunity and what a what a fortunate opportunity to be in and um you know i think i speak on behalf certainly of of celtic woman and celtic thunder the two shows i was a part of that everybody i know that i've worked with is really passionate about irish culture and irish music in particular so to be able to 
call it a career to travel the world and, and perform Irish songs is is uh, really special. And for you, come traveling the world and maybe in the U.S., do people ever shout out requests? Because, you know, here, especially in pubs or bars or wherever, people like to just shout out randomly songs. I mean, do you do you get that around the world? With, hey, why don't you play uh, Wild Rover? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, requests is something that is... Um, uh, it keeps the musicians on their toes, you know? So uh, requests are never a bad thing. But also... It, it probably wouldn't be... I mean, we would typically not be performing in a pub setting too frequently now. It's more kind of theatres, larger theatres with Celtic Thunder, smaller theatres as a solo act. So theatres tend to be a bit of a different atmosphere and, and, and you know, less sort of... Um, uh, less rowdy and, you know, throwing out different requests. But that's not to say that they don't happen. And, and actually, as part of our set, we normally keep a section of the set to uh, to ask the audience for requests as well of any songs that they might like. And again, I think what I didn't realise up until I was travelling around America, certainly the people that come to shows that are, are Celtic, is that you forget that it's such an important part of American culture as well. Um, you know, certainly to the... To those who are part of the Irish American community specifically, I mean, even if you're not part of that, you can still obviously have a good time at these shows. But but for those who are part of the Irish American community, that these songs aren't just songs. They're they're a narrative of, you know, people that had to unfortunately leave a country to go to a different one and carried it felt so strong about their own identity that they carried it through their their kids, their grandkids, and they would sing these songs. And, you know, so when you're singing the likes of Danny Boy to be as as you know, kind of stereotypical as you can. But, uh, you know, you're not just singing a song that people associate with being Irish. You're singing somebody's, somebody's granny's party piece or granddad's party piece or uncle's party piece. And, and, and there's never going to be an audience anywhere around America or certainly back in Ireland that won't think of somebody when they hear these songs. So, um, so yeah, you're not just singing a song that people know the words to. You're really kind of tapping into a, an emotional part of of their identity, and and um, you know that's something that again with that comes a huge sense of honor and privilege to be able to do that as a performer. Okay, uh, Colm, that sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to uh, take a quick break, and uh, we will be back for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. My guest today is Colm Keegan, who is a great Irish singer, songwriter, musician, performer. Uh, he is best known for being in those, uh, we always remember when Pledge Drive time comes on PBS, and we, we love around St. Patrick's Day, Celtic Thunder, and um, Colm is actually one of the principal performers on that show, and I guess he does some dancing, and uh, it is, is such a pleasure and honor to uh, talk to Colm about, you know, that and uh, all that he's done and his passion and love for music. So again, my guest is uh, Colm uh, Keegan. Actually, originally from Dublin, Ireland, now from Glasgow, Scotland. So, uh, Colm, we're so glad that you're here today. You are listening to Hello World with Mike Kerr, as always, probably broadcasting from uh, Coe, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. 
Tumbling curls of green, but the stained glass streaming light, and the yellow colored lampshade used to keep us up all night. The smile upon your face, and the tears upon your cheeks, the night sky on the window, and your heart. Calling out to me, come running home again, Katie. Come running home again. Cross my heart and hope to die. Shall I cause another tear from your eye? The mirror that won't talk. And your nightgown on the door, the old pedal singer just don't sing no more. You can roll the rails for hours from the movie of this book. It's a question mark on this heart of mine. Says an elder back to look. Cross my heart and hope to die. Shall I cause another tear from your eye? Life floods the tomb, and I'm never going back there. I couldn't anyway. Although I made the great escape, I I never got away. Come running home again, Katie. Come running home again. Cross my heart of hope to die. Shall I cause another tear from your eye? Come running home again, Katie. Come running home again. Cross my heart and hope to die. Shall I cause another tear from your eye? Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of Hello World with Mike Kara. As always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. My guest today is Colm Keegan, actually from Glasgow, Scotland, however, originally and born and raised in beautiful Dublin, Ireland. And Colm is a great singer, songwriter, uh, musician, performer, podcaster. Got to check out his podcast. 
and uh, actually best known as one of the principal singers. You remember those PBS specials around uh, St. Patrick's Day, around uh, Pledge Drive time, and they're so awesome, and you 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 actually have to feel like you need an oxygen tank. You feel like, uh, you know, you can't breathe after that because there's there's so so much uh, excitement, you know, so much great music, and, you know, such an amazing show and performance. Well, he is one of the principal performers in Celtic Thunder, and we're so glad that uh, Column is here. So thanks to Column, and thanks to each and every one of our podcast listeners for uh, listening to this show, sharing my love and passion for what I do, which is bringing you Column's love and passion for what he does. And if you happen to have a show idea, maybe not necessarily, or it could be an individual person, individual guest, but if it also is maybe... Maybe somebody else from uh, Celtic Thunder. Well, I might do that on my own, but maybe it's a, a cooking a person or, you know, a radio TV person, an actor person. You know, please uh, let, let me let me know. MikeCarrot.com is the place to go. Send me an email or uh, give me a call. Um, we again want to thank, uh, Colin for being here, Colin Keegan, and, uh, we're so blessed and honored that, uh, Colin could be here telling us all about his great music. Uh, thanks so much. And yeah, we truly do appreciate it. Okay, Combs. So now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your social media and website. But first of all, I saw that I think it was on Facebook that you are doing like a like a show or you're 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 doing like some sort of concert or online, is this Mike? Yeah, on, online. Yeah. Or... So, I mean, like the rest of the music world, really the last 12 months has been a little bit of a shock, you know. So uh, as difficult as as it has been with live performances that that have come to a a bit of a standstill, you kind of have to, at moments like this, clutch at the positives. Um, And the positives at the minute is that we have the technology available that had this pandemic happened 10, 15 years ago, we certainly would have been in, in a much more difficult position. But uh, there's a few online platforms that have just been an absolute godsend to, to musicians um, in the last 12 months. And one of them is a website called Stageit. So stageit.com. So a massive shout out and thank you to all the staff, the amazing staff at Stageit that have been helping artists over the last 12 months promote shows uh, online and trying to bring in a virtual audience. And I never thought that you could replace the buzz that you get from a live audience by singing at a computer. But you actually can. You really can. I mean, seeing all the the comments coming through um, from the audiences around the world and people saying where they're joining from, um, it's been brilliant. You know, so stages have been terrific. And Laura and I have, have sort of every eight to ten weeks, you know, set up another stage at show and, and, and performed there over the last 12 months in particular. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that. I had hoped to travel to the States this summer. I had been asked by a few contacts and friends of ours in some of the amazing Irish festivals that happened in Celtic festivals across the country this time of year, had asked us on, uh, to join their, their roster and, um, you know, perform as part of their lineup. Unfortunately, because the embassies are shut, even, you know, we can't even apply for a work visa, um, or renewal. You know, so all of the logistics that go on behind the scenes that people might not be familiar with. Uh, unfortunately, it's not as simple as just hopping on a flight tomorrow and, and heading out, unfortunately, as much as we would love to. So as much as I would 
I'd give an arm and a leg to be able to perform um, this summer we might have to stick with the virtual audience just a little bit longer but having said that we're also going to be teaming up with a few of those festivals and offering a virtual uh, performance as well we've got a venue booked back in Dublin for sometime in July where uh, Laura and I are going to be joined by uh, a top class band as well in Ireland and we're going to be recording a set for the the festivals that we also might team up and stage it uh, to showcase some of that uh, as well at some stage so yeah we're trying our best to stay as active as we can um, and to try and stay as in the public light and and, uh, frame of mind it's very easy when you're out of sight to go out of mind as well so uh, so we're trying to just keep playing away while we're doing throwing stuff out there for anyone who's interested and also apart from trying to make a living and continuing to make a living from music the last 12 months for everyone has been tricky uh, and it's it's I'm so unfortunate the entertainment business has suffered a lot because this is when the entertainment business needs to be as as in the forefront of what's going on because everyone is down in the dumps everyone's at home looking for things to do looking for things to watch I mean I don't know anyone over here that hasn't gone through probably every series on Netflix at this stage in the last year um, you know so this is when people are looking for entertainment and you know Laura and I made a decision at the start of this pandemic as well to not just trying to focus on our music career but also to try and step up to the mark and, and entertain people when they need it the most and that's why even when the pand- pandemic hit last March of uh, 2019 that uh, or 2020 now um that um you know that we offered a virtual tour as well we had a tour scheduled across different irish centers in the states and we instead of just canceling the tour um we teamed up with them and uh each of the centers has their own facebook pages and we started doing and broadcasting a virtual tour from our home across the the Facebook pages of each of those centres as well. So yeah, you know we've 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 really tried our best to just throw things out there to offer people as much entertainment as as possible um, since the pandemic began. Okay, I wanted to ask you, Coem, about you know you mentioned that you do travel to the U- United States, you know, for shows. And there's a pub, and uh, they will bring in a lot of guests, you know, famous Irish people. And that is in, I think it's Disney Springs. Uh, what's oh, the name of that? It's the Raglan Road, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you Raglan been there? Road. I have been there, um, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, an amazing owner uh, who, who's great at bringing Irish people over. So, uh, Raglan Road, yeah, it's been a, a great, great venue for uh, for some Irish artists in the past. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many, there's such a hub of, of, of things that are happening in North America, not just the States, uh, you know, of uh, in the Celtic communities and a huge amount of work that's been done to try and keep Celtic culture alive. Um, and I suppose that's what I tried to tap into the most is not just Celtic music, but Celtic culture. And and before uh, touring, I had my qualifications as a teacher as well. So I was a teacher of Irish language and music. So I offer throughout the year as well. I offer lessons in the Irish language and music theory as well. Um, you know, I try and hook up with some of the Irish centres and and offer free Irish language workshops as well with with what's going on there. So. Uh, and then recently as well, I've I've t- joined up with um, 
Celtic Music Radio here in Glasgow to produce a weekly um, show on Celtic Music Radio, trying to promote and highlight some of the the incredible musicians uh, here in Scotland, back in Ireland as well, and, and you know, what's going on around the States. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, staying active and trying to keep a pulse on what's happening in the, in the Celtic world is... It's it's ever evolving. So, you know, there's a huge amount going on and it's great. I absolutely love it. I'm very proud to be part of that mix. And uh, I love what I get to do, which is to try and talk to other people who are part of that bubble and uh, try to highlight to the listeners what's going on. And, you know, one thing, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to somebody in, um, you know, Scotland, Scotland, you know, native uh, Scots person and they mentioned you know there's Gaelic but there's also a Scottish language apparently that's not Gaelic I mean is that something you've come across oh yeah sure I mean there's Scots Gaelic is what it's called um so Gaelic if you're in Ireland Gaelic would always be known as as the sport so there's Gaelic football uh so if you mentioned Gaelic in Ireland people would assume you're talking about the sport rather than the language so the way we would talk about the language in Ireland is either uh we would refer to it as Irish or the Irish word for Gaelic is Gwelga so you'll hear the Irish language being referred to as either Irish or Gwelga and um a kind of a sister language of that is in in Scotland, which is Scots Gaelic. Uh, in fact, just down the road from where we live here in Glasgow is an all Scots Gaelic school, which is, you know, that's the language that they speak as their first language. So, uh, yeah, very much alive. Unfortunately, there's less and less people as time goes on that speak the language and it's it's part of, of this endangered language uh, species, as, as is Irish, but, you know, Irish is still uh, a lot it, it's still a huge part of the Irish culture, really. And, and the fact that it's compulsory that everyone has to learn it in school. Uh, you know, there might be less people speaking it on a day-to-day basis, but there's more people learning the Irish language now than there has been in the last century. So it is kind of a, uh, you know, being kept alive. But Scots Gaelic is not a compulsory language that people have to learn in school. It's only schools such as the one down the road where people speak it as their first language. So they either, you're either fluent in it essentially or you know none of it and there's nothing in between. But at least in Ireland, there might not be as many people fluent in the language as there was in the past, but there's still, um, you know, generation of people in school who are learning it. Um, so it's important. It's such a, a rich part of our culture that... Um, it would be such a shame to see that that go. But uh, certainly I would know a lot more about the Irish language scene in Ireland. There's a huge amount being done and a huge, uh, a lot of different government bodies that are in place to try and prevent that from happening. So a huge amount is going on. Um, and certainly around St. Patrick's Day each year, uh, it started off as being the week of St. Patrick's Day became known as Shacht and Nugelga, which is the week of the Irish language is what that translates as. And there was a huge push to try and get loads of different cultural activities and, and movies out, short movies out, um, you know, pop up places where you can go and speak the language across the country. And that became a two week event. So now Shacht and Nugelga, which is only the the week of, of of Irish language is now two weeks. So it's a very, very long week, essentially. Um, and it's so specifically around St. Patrick's Day, there's a huge amount being done to promote the Irish language, which is, which is great. So hopefully something can be done in the future for Scots Gaelic as well to try and give that a bit of a, um, a much needed push. But um, but yeah, very much alive and, 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 you know, part of the community today. And you'll see 
underneath all the street signs on the on the streets, you're going to see the name in English and and in Scots Gaelic here as well, as well as Irish back home. Great, great. So I have a, a two part question. So the first part, uh, sure. part of the question: Do you sing songs in the uh, you know the Irish language? And the second part: If you do, is there anywhere to get those? Because I'd like to hear some of those. There's certainly yeah. I mean, I sir, I I do yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I did my degree in the Irish language, so I would have spoken it uh, on a day to day basis growing up. Um, in when I'm certainly when I was doing my my degree anyway, and uh, yeah, I mean, Irish language songs are are a great way to spread the the um the word about the language. During my set, I would perform songs like Orosha the Vat Uwalia, um. And uh, that is on my EP. So, you know, when you're talking about rare old times earlier, uh, which is from my EP, Race on Songs and Stories is the name of the EP. And that happens to be the first line of the song, um, rare old times as well. I felt it was a pretty relevant uh, line for, for my upbringing. So that's why I chose it as the EP. But on that EP, there is the song, Oh Rosh of the Vat Uwalia. And that is uh, obviously, as you can tell, in the Irish language. There's also the famous song, as as we spoke about Raglan Road, the the Irish bar in, in Disneyland. Um, that is named after the famous song and poem, Raglan Road, uh, written by Patrick Kavanagh. And that song itself is based on the melody of something that was written a long time before that, which is Fáinne Gael an Lei, and, uh, which is an Irish language poem. And that is something that I would sing occasionally during my my set as well. And other songs like Megillah Mar that people might know as well uh, would be well-known Irish language songs. So yeah, I'll try, certainly try and do my best to, to spread the culture when I'm performing part of the set. And then between the two of us, Mike, as well, what's great about singing in the Irish language and in, in, certainly in the States or anywhere outside of Ireland is that if you make a mistake in the words nobody really knows so um, you know you've got that little bit of a luxury as well when you sing Oscar Elga in Irish so uh, yeah I, uh, I I try my best to, to always whenever I'm doing a set I try my best to include at least one song in the Irish Okay uh, Coleman yeah before we go if people like you know to purchase your music and get your music or get the Celtic uh, Thunder or Celtic Women I mean can you tell us about all that, how you they could get all this stuff. Sure, absolutely. I mean, if you, I suppose that the easiest place to go for all of this is my website, columnkeegan.com. Um, I'm also on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you know, regularly promoting different things um, on social media that are are happening in my life. So um, those will probably be the easiest places to go. And uh, then if anyone's interested, if they're hearing me talking about the Irish language, or Irish history, Irish culture, and they've interested in in online lessons but I set up a website a few years ago called cKonlineteaching.com and um, you know so I offer seven week terms uh, throughout the year and that as well so they're the relevant places uh, to go but musically you know all of my material whether it's with Celtic Woman or Celtic Thunder uh, or solo material you know between my EP Raising Songs and Stories and my album I'll Never Be Alone could all be purchased or downloaded on iTunes Spotify Amazon um, all the usual music platforms. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I just forgot, you know, uh, one last question. So being, you know, you're, you've been in uh, Scotland a few years, you know, you grew up in Ireland. And the question is for you, Colm, is it 
Scottish, you know, Scotch or Irish whiskey? <laughs> Do you know, believe it or not, I'm probably not a great advocate for this question, Mike, because I'm not a huge whiskey drinker myself. I've never really, uh, I've had always had a bit of a delicate stomach now. So whiskey is, is, uh, is something that could tip you over the edge at times. But that's not to say that I have been... I've spent many a night in Scotland with various different friends of mine who have felt it their mission to convince me that scotch is nicer than Irish whiskey, even though I never claimed um, the former. So I have been subjected to trialing out a number of different uh, brands of scotch throughout the, the, the last few years of moving over here. Um, so I would typically, I mean, my I'm, I know if my dad in particular is listening, he would ostracize me if I didn't say that Jameson was... Uh, was the whiskey that um uh you know would stand out but um to me a whiskey is a whiskey i would certainly uh, i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't throw it away but i wouldn't probably be queuing up to um to purchase one now if i'm honest either oh okay yeah that uh, james it's good i have a few shots on uh, St. Uh, Patrick's Day. So, I mean, do you have to drink then Scottish beer then? I mean, is that to get good? Or? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, no, my, my drinks of, of choice would be a Guinness. So that's, you know, I'd be quite true to my culture there. I would, uh, if I was in a pub, I'd be drinking a Guinness. But um, other than that, I'd be more of a wine drinker, uh, if I'm totally honest. I would enjoy uh, at the weekend a nice nice glass of red. Um, so that would be my my drink of choice really would be a, a glass of red but if i was in a pub i would uh it would be a pint of guinness all day <laughs> oh, great oh there there is irish wines out there then no 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 this is just uh i mean wines that we buy in ireland rather than make in ireland so uh no it would i'm open to any culture when it comes to wine mike <laughs> Okay, uh, thanks so much, Comb. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? No, other than the fact that I really appreciate you reaching out, Mike, and uh, and having me part of your podcast. I uh, I kind of present my own podcast as well, the Create Podcast, which I I team up with a, a social enterprise that I helped start here in Glasgow a few years ago called Cre- uh, called Broad Talent. And Broad Talent started doing a, a create podcast, which season one was before Christmas. Season two will be later on this year as well. So I know that a huge amount of work goes into podcasting, putting it together, trying to find the guests and everything like that. So I really appreciate you asking me to come on board and uh, best of luck with the venture as well. I hope it all goes well for you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Okay. And if you could give your website one final time, please. Sure. The website is just my name. So nice and easy. Colm Keegan. That's C-O-L-M is Colm. So Colm Keegan uh, dot com. Simple as. Okay. My guest has been Colm Keegan and you've been listening to uh, Hello World with Mike Cara. As always, probably broadcasting from Coe, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please catch us again next time.